Hey folks, it's Mike from Profiling Evil. I've been studying criminal behavior for more than 40 years, and one of my favorite research tools is Truthfinder. It's online, and you're not going to believe the information stored there. So if you want to know more about that new neighbor, your babysitter, or your online date, give Truthfinder a try. I'm including a special link below with special discount pricing, but you got to click the link and enter Evil 10 at checkout. Now, we're an affiliate, which means we get a small commission, but you can cancel at any time. Hi everybody, it's Mike from Profiling Evil, and I'm really excited to announce that we've converted 20 episodes of the Academy series for audio podcast, and they're all available now on your favorite podcast platform. Now, I hope that you'll subscribe so that you get all the notifications when other podcasts are released. And don't forget to check us out on the World Wide Web at ProfilingEvil.com. And folks, if you like YouTube, visit Profiling Evil and make sure you're hitting that like and subscribe button. Now, our purpose in releasing these podcasts is to edutain you. Edutain means we really want to entertain you just enough to be able to teach you a few principles about the criminal justice system criminal investigations, and profiling. And I think you're going to find these episodes to be useful as you go about your own amateur crime sleuthing. So let's jump into today's discussion after this word from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Mike from Profiling Evil. I've been studying criminal behavior for more than 40 years, and one of my favorite research tools is Truthfinder. It's online, and you're not going to believe the information stored there. So if you want to know more about that new neighbor, your babysitter, or your next online date, give Truthfinder a try. I'm including a link below with special discount pricing. you got to click the link to get it, and then enter EVIL10 at checkout. We're an affiliate, which means we get a small commission, enough to buy a small diet Dr. Pepper, but you can cancel at any time. Thanks for listening today. Criminals will often reflect certain behavioral traits during the commission of a crime that can provide investigators with unique insight into their experience level or their motivation for committing crimes. Let's examine the organized and disorganized offender. Well, welcome to Profiling Evil. Hey, if you're new to our channel, I want to thank you for joining us. If you're one of my longtime channel members or one of my university students, welcome back. And thanks for all your support. Now, either way, please make sure that you're clicking the like and the subscribe button. Ring the bell so you get all of our videos like this one. Now, let's take a minute and talk profiling. Crime scenes almost always include characteristics of both the organized and the disorganized personality type, and it gives us insight into an offender's thoughts and feelings. In some cases, we can actually see when an organized offender becomes disorganized, but rarely is the reverse observed. Dr. Scott Bond, a criminology professor, has done a great deal of study into this phenomenon, including dissecting some of the work done by the Behavioral Science Unit of the FBI in the 1970s. 
Dr. Bond spoke of how difficult organized offenders are to apprehend because they go to inordinate lengths to cover their tracks. And frankly, they're often forensically savvy, meaning they're familiar with police investigative methods. These predators include names that you're going to recognize, people like Ted Bundy or Joel Rifkin, Dennis Rader, the BTK killer. You remember that one? Stood for bind them, torture them, kill them. <laughs> what a sick individual. In fact, we learned that these types of offenders actually go as far as following the news media reports on their crimes, and they even try to correspond with reporters. In the case of BTK, even with law enforcement. To help you better understand the difference in this type of offender, let's look a little closer at the organized predator. This predator has likely spent a great deal of time preparing his crimes. He's experienced, and he's learned from past mistakes. The the organized offender is patient enough to commit crimes where he's relatively sure he's not going to be caught. He knows the egress and access points of locations visited, and he might even take the victim from the initial contact site to a more secure location to commit the actual assault. By doing something like moving the victim, he actually creates himself the time necessary to act out his fantasies without risk of exposure or capture. This kind of offender is mobile and adaptive, ever learning as his crimes continue. The organized criminal generally has techniques that have been tested and proven over time. They'll bring tools and weapons with them to to make sure that they're successful, and they'll take those weapons away from the scene. The organized offender may keep souvenirs or trophies that help them psychologically relive the crime. Now, Now, to better understand this process of trophies, Think about your own hobbies or interests for a moment. Um, Do you keep trophies of some type? Perhaps it's the photograph of you and your best friend at the summit of a mountain after a long hike. Maybe you're a sports fisherman and you like to get pictures of you posed with those trophy marlin. You may even have the fish mounted so that you can put it over your fireplace as bragging rights to your fishing buddies. Well, like you and your legitimate trophy collection, the organized predator will also keep mementos of their victim conquests. They may be tangible, like an article of clothing or a piece of jewelry, or it might simply be the memory. In general, the behavioral and personality characteristics of the organized criminal offender include this depraved indifference to welfare and to the societies that they live in as a whole. Research has shown that the offenders are irresponsible and self-centered. They're chameleons who are able to quickly change and adjust, especially change in appearance. They're often described as manipulative, methodical, and cunning. In short, organized offenders commit their crimes in a methodical, well-thought way. They are deliberate acts committed by narcissistic psychopaths who lack empathy. Evidence and research would suggest that most of these offenders are extroverts and chameleons in their everyday life. 
They target their victims and they know where they're going to commit the crime and dispose of the victim and evidence. They are cunning and cruel. On the other hand, the disorganized criminal is likely to leave physical evidence at the crime scene because, frankly, they lack experience or maybe they're just operating in fear and adrenaline. They may exhibit traits that are consistent with the fantasies they have, and they generally don't fit into society well. Statistically, they often feel rejected and lonely, and they find interpersonal relationships to be difficult at best. They internalize their hurt, anger, and fear, and they often become secluded and withdrawn in their normal lives. As discussed earlier, an organized criminal can become disorganized, but rarely does a disorganized criminal become organized. Now, there are a few things that can cause this transition from organized to disorganized. In more complex scenarios, it might be the result of things not working out like the offender had fantasized, such as maybe a victim fighting back. Or it could simply be a lack of criminal experience or committing a crime that is also committed by several other offenders, confusing the crime scene. In other cases, it could be simply explained by something like the ingestion of alcohol or drugs, that caused this disorganized thought pattern. In contrast, the disorganized offender is described by most researchers as loners, people with poor social skills. They don't seem to have much confidence and they usually can't maintain relationships. They themselves appear disorganized in their dress, their employment, and their social skills. They impulsively commit crimes and often will attack people they know they can conquer over, usually younger victims or people that are easier to control. Often they will leave their crime scenes messy and without concern for evidence. When their crime is complete, they just try to return to their mundane life like the assault never happened. But because their crimes are often fueled by fantasy, they sadly will soon reoffend. Well, I hope this helps you better understand the types of crime scene behaviors that are possible in serial cases. As you look at suspects who rise to the surface in the news, you might be able to identify some of these behavioral characteristics discussed in this segment. I hope so. And we'll chat again soon on victimology or the study of the victim. Well, hey, folks, I'm pausing to share some concerns I have surrounding identity theft and fraud. I've learned a lot from our partner, Aura. They're the pros at protecting people from cyber predators. Aura provides identity theft protection, credit and fraud protection, and online and device security for you and your family. They taught me to think twice before answering those online questionnaires designed to steal our personal information. You know, it must be working because U.S. statistics show that 33% of us have been victimized by identity theft at an annual cost of more than $56 billion each year. Our protection plans come with around-the-clock support, a money-back guarantee, and a million-dollar theft policy. 
But here's the best part. You can try Aura for free by clicking on this special Profiling Evil link in the description down below. When you do, we get a small commission. But think about it. You insure your car and you insure your house. Don't you think it's time to insure your identity? Now let's get back to today's discussion. Well, thanks for listening to Profiling Evil Podcast, Season 1 and 2 of the Academy Series. We've bundled these episodes together for people like you who want to really binge listen. If there are some of you out there who want to space it out, you figure out the schedule and go to them as you can. Well, hey folks, listening to true crime stories can really trigger negative feelings and thoughts in some people. So if you or someone you know is experiencing trauma as a result of crime, please reach out to your medical or your mental health provider and get some help. And if you've been victimized, call your local police agency and ask for help. Hey, thanks so much for supporting Profiling Evil. I hope you'll consider joining our channel memberships over on YouTube. It's a place where you can provide us a little more support. As a channel member, you'll get more information a little more quickly, and uh, you'll be a part of the team that's helping us grow. And if you'd like to donate to Profiling Evil, you can always do so through PayPal or by visiting our website at ProfilingEvil.com and look for the little donate button. The Profiling Evil podcast series is created by the Profiling Evil Network, and the information contained in it is copyrighted. So don't copy or reuse it without getting our permission. Thanks so much, and we'll see you soon at the next crime scene. Hey folks, it's Mike from Profiling Evil. I've been studying criminal behavior for more than 40 years and one of my favorite research tools is Truthfinder. It's online and you're not going to believe the information stored there. So if you want to know more about that new neighbor, your babysitter, or your online date, give Truthfinder a try. I'm including a special link below with special discount pricing, but you got to click the link and enter Evil 10 at checkout. Now, we're an affiliate, which means we get a small commission, but you can cancel at any time.